Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studio, it's time for Family Business Radio. Showcasing outstanding family businesses and the advisors who assist them. Good afternoon. Welcome to another great episode of Family Business Radio. I am your host, Anthony Chen. Today, we have a privilege of having four amazing guests to share with us their origin stories of their business and the unique things they provide uh, to the business community. So leading us off, our first guest is Julie Keys with Key Strategies, LLC. Welcome to the show, Julie. Thanks, Anthony. It's good to be here. Great. So kind of share with our audience your origin story. What uh, got you to developing and starting uh, your company? Sure. Um Probably because I lived the majority of my adult years as an entrepreneur, owning several companies over the course of 22 or 23 years. And um, when I sold those, I wanted to be able to use what I learned for the benefit of other people who maybe were struggling with some of the same things that I was. And it turned out to be kind of an accurate hunch. And so that was 12 years ago. I started as a business coach, consultant, if you will, working with privately held business owners just to help with growth and improvement strategy. And then um, heard about the Exit Planning Institute and decided that I needed to expand my knowledge of exit planning, especially when it came to family business, because so many of my clients that were coming to me were of the age where they really needed to have the help, but they didn't know how to get started and I didn't know enough about it. So I got certified as an exit planner in 2015. And now that's kind of my foot forward. Um, the majority of my clients are family businesses. And I'm also a faculty member and um, leadership counsel for the Exit Planning Institute's global organization. And then locally, where I am in Minnesota, I'm still heavily involved in um, the chapter that we have here. So Aside from being an exit planner and consultant, I, I wrote a book called Poised for Exit, and I have a podcast show called Poised for Exit. So I keep kind of busy. Yeah, I did read that book. And for our listeners who have not been exposed to it, I would definitely recommend it. So kind of share Thanks. with us, um, going through a family business transition, especially when it's passing on to the next generation, what are the typical pitfalls uh, you see when a family uh, tries to plan around that? Well, I think... First and foremost, communication is probably the biggest pitfall. And, you know, if you look at life in general, right, whether it's a professional relationship or a personal relationship, the quality of that relationship is going to be directly tied to the quality of the communication. And so if the communication isn't clear or it's lacking, right, then uh, people tend to kind of go in a direction that um, maybe they didn't mean to go, right? And then when there are issues that make us feel um, threatened or when there's some kind of contention or conflict, a lot of times people will not talk about those things because especially in family business, they're just afraid to ruin Thanksgiving, but they pretty much already have, right? By not talking about it. And so what I find to be some of the biggest pitfalls is just not talking about it, not intentionally setting up rules, setting up governance, um, and, and taking um, ownership of the decisions that need to be made to move forward if the plan is to carry on legacy. 
It sounds like you've already had uh, several experience exposures working with said family businesses uh, or some ruined mm. Thanksgiving. Funny enough that this is a November episode and Thanksgiving is around the corner here. So kind of share <laughs> with our uh, audience. I mean, what, what, what is kind of, other than the kind of the story you did mention about that Thanksgiving or holiday dynamic? Uh, what are other differences between working with a family business and a non-family business when talking about succession planning? Well, you've got different dynamics in a family business because obviously you're dealing with generations. Well, you would be dealing with generations in a non-family business as well, but you don't have the familial relationship. And there are dynamics to those family relationships that don't exist in a non-family business, such as when you have siblings working for mom and dad or when you have siblings who've taken over the business and are now getting ready to retire and they both have children that they want to work in the business and some may be qualified and some may not be qualified. You may also have um, um, contention between siblings when it comes to what we expect to come from our parents, right? And what I mean by that is maybe there's some carryover from some baggage of growing up that is still an issue. Like mom always loved you best, or I never know what dad ever wants because nothing's ever good enough. And, 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 and unfortunately those kinds of obstacles can really get in the way of being able to, to grow the business and to carry on the legacy. And so, like I said before, without the communication and really laying things on the table and talking things out, having someone to help facilitate the conversation, it really can uh, stop them from being able to not only grow, right, and and create a legacy and have the best outcome possible when the generations that are younger take over, but also just remaining a going concern. I literally have had clients that really, um, I mean, they they almost went out of business because the fighting, the infighting was so strong, unfortunately. So then kind of adding a fuel to the fire, not, not not even accounting war. Actually, we are accounting for the family dynamics, but another possible alternative is when do we bring in a third-party buyer into the family business? How do we begin that conversation? You know, that's a really good question. And I think that it's just been the last couple of years for me with my clients where I've really, I've just realized that legacy is not always the, the, it's not the only answer right? Yes, as the founder of the company, I would love to have this business carry on in my family and have my kids take over. But is that really what's best for the business? It's not always, right? So that's a conversation I do really like to have with my clients. And I'm all for it. If they really believe that that we want to leave a legacy, we want to make sure that, you know, we dial this in really well and profitable and well-running and well-oiled for the next generation to take over, because we've all agreed to that, then that's great. Then let's take that path. But if we really haven't had that conversation and we really don't have generations coming after us who are qualified or interested or both, then maybe we look at selling to a third party because wouldn't that be best for everybody? And I think the answer to that sometimes is yes. So for family business owners, audience that are kind of listening in right now and kind of scratching their head, oh, well, I'm kind of there right now. So what is their first steps? Well, when it talk when we talk about the basics of 
of just transition planning, I think that the foundation, aside from internal communication between the family members, is to have a really good team of advisors to work with. People like you, Anthony, people like me, okay? Um, Advisors that understand the exit planning process. And the truth is that there is no single advisor that has all the answers. Collectively, I think we can get pretty close, but there really is no single advisor that has all the answers. And so we want to make sure that they have all the bases covered, right? Their legal um, bases in terms of estate planning and tax planning and having a good business lawyer, um, maybe even doing an audit, working with a financial planner, wealth manager to make sure that they can maintain their lifestyle. Uh, after the transition, because most of the time when a family business is going from one generation to the next, it is not a solid liquidity event. Okay. There might be some cash outlay, but many times the parents are gifting some of the stock. Maybe they're gifting a bunch of it, right? Um, But their payout generally happens over time. And their payout is generally much less than if they were to sell up to a third party. So even if when we have parents that really want or founders who really want the next generation to take over of the family, but yet they find from, you know, having conversations with people like you and looking at their financial situation that they really can't afford to. Okay. So there are ways that you can work out a hybrid, but you have to have good advisors to help structure a hybrid so that yes, you can keep the the family, the kids involved. Um, but then mom and dad can still have that next act financially and, and be able to maintain their lifestyle without a great deal of sacrifice. Well, it sounds like you're able to kind of take uh, into a fuller picture of not just the dollars and cents of the business, but also kind of the family relationship and even having the objective uh, foresight to ask the question, is this the best decision for the business? So for the listeners that are listening in, okay, well, I didn't know this was even an option. Share with us a story of what is it like if someone was to reach out to you and start work? What does that look like? Yeah. Um, well, I, I think that a lot of the companies that are out there are really looking for help and they just don't know where to start. And so I think just having a conversation with somebody like me about what does this mean? Like, how can I get started? Who are the people that I really need to connect with? And I may have some that are already on my team that I would want to retain as advisors. Maybe my CPA is, you know, is working well and and knows and understands and is giving me good advice. Um, Maybe I already have a lawyer, but maybe I don't have a financial advisor. Maybe I don't have, you know, a good business consultant to help me with growth and improvement. And, and so we would talk through, what does it take? What are some things I can do myself? Uh, what are some conversations that I need to have with my stakeholders, right? Not just the shareholders, but the stakeholders. And so those, are, those would be like foundational things. Um, and I would walk through what those foundational things would be in that, um, you know, it's a complimentary session to just talk about exit planning and what their goals are, what a timeline might look like, what might some options be. What path might I take? Unfortunately, many sellers think that it has to be all or nothing. Like they have to be done when they make the decision. And that's not necessarily the case. If if they want to stay in the game or um, partially, right, take some chips off the table, there are many ways that that can happen and be structured and still have family members remain in the business if they want to and if it makes sense. So 
I think that it's important for, for owners to just um, not paint themselves into a small little box. You know, they, they spent their whole life building the enterprise and lots of blood, sweat, and tears went into that. I know because I lived it. And, and what can we do to make sure that they have the best possible outcome? And I think it's just having these kinds of conversations and then figuring out what's next from there. Great. Thank you, Julie. So for our listeners who are hearing this for the first time, how can they best reach out to you to have that consult and find out what options they have? Yeah, I think going to poisedforexit.com is probably the best start. Go to poisedforexit.com, poisedforexit.com. You can also reach me through that via email, phone number. Um, you can check out my podcast show. It's all about exit planning. Um, you know, it's a similar content, but not the same. Um, I think it's complementary to your show. I really do. I think the more that business owners can educate themselves about what their options are and what they need to get done, the better decisions they're going to make and the better their outcome will be. And that at the end of the day is what we really want for them. So lots of free downloads and content available there as well. So that's where I'd start. Right. Thank you, Julie. You're welcome. Thank you. Right. So our next guest we have Thomas Ham with Smash Wellness. Welcome to the show, Thomas. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, can I share with our audience, how did Smash Wellness come about? Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest with you. Um, when we started, I was a chef and I got my certification in Lucerne, Switzerland about 20 years ago, 22 years ago. And... From there, we come to Atlanta and we speed everything up and we traveled around for about 18 years traveling internationally from and, and, and nationally from Napa Valley to Sydney, Australia. Mm-hmm. And we did consulting work and we did a variety of other things, front of the house, back of the house, operations, hotels, the whole nine yards. And when we came to Atlanta, um, I just had a passion for fitness. And what I would do is I would say, okay, well, I'm going to go to a gym. Do you want to come with me? And they were like, I would love to come with you. Right. And I'm like, okay. And then we would just go and I would just work out and people would look at me and they're like, man, I, w- when are you going back? And I was like, okay. And I'll go up into a mountain and I would just run up it. And then they're like, when are you coming back to that mountain? And I'm like, I'll tell you when. And then we would just come and people would just gravitate towards me. I didn't have any science behind me at this time. I didn't have anything actually behind me. Mm. I just had a passion and love for moving my body in space. And then um, finally somebody said, hey, I think you should put this to work and put some science behind it. Mm -hmm. So I got a personal training certification. I mixed that with my international business and hospitality management degree, put that with the the chef degree that I already had from Switzerland. And then we created this beautiful little package called Smash Wellness. And I mean, I'll, I'll tell you what, we led with love. The only reason I honestly... Food and fitness is something that I love and very passionate about. It's a way of life for me. But let's be clear, it is only a catalyst for me to be able to love on you. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you leave with that, because I did a survey before I started my company, and I had 13-year-old men and women all the way until about 75 years of age. And I asked them different questions on the survey, and three-quarters of them cried on my shoulder. And because of the responses that other wellness professionals prior to that had experiences, it's a very emotional experience, mm-hmm. right? So since that's the case, like people were, I mean, literally, grown men and women were like literally on my shoulder crying. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, where can we p- apply value? 
And I realized we can apply value by being honest with them. We can apply value by being authentic and transparent. And we can buy value by not giving them some sell of goods that is not going to be realistic in their life. Mm-hmm. So then once we did that and we led with love, and then all of a sudden people start getting results, then it starts really, the, the, like the jam starts really going. Um, but I'll be honest with you, it really starts and finishes um, with love. And we started with two rusty dumbbells and an old resistance band that could barely hold up in my backyard and my client's backyards doing free boot camps because nobody actually wanted to actually work out with me, but they did want to eat because they came hungry. So they said, okay, fine. I'll work out with you in the front yard or backyard. And then I'll feed. I was losing money literally every single month, right? Because I'm feeding these folks <laughs> and I'm not making any money. But at the end of the day, what we did was we started like that, and then now, um, you know, a decade later, we're we're taking care of just an amazing group of human beings, right? Mm-hmm. Professional athletes, celebrities, um, a variety of CEOs, entrepreneurs. We take care of a variety of different law firms here in town and nationally. Um, so we're we're definitely we're, we're definitely blessed. So. For those who are just kind of listening, and it's definitely, I mean, I listen to a lot of fitness podcasts. I, you're the first of a kind to really talk about leading with love because a lot of the top podcasts or, or inf, I guess, quote unquote influencers, as we would call them, is always about performance, this metric and that metric. But rarely do I find someone talk about or even um, sharing a testimonial where their success is not just growth for the clients, but they actually open up and cry. Yes. I mean, it's huge. We do the first thing that we do before we do anything else with you mm-hmm. is we set up a 15 minute discovery call and we do a wellness audit. Mm-hmm. We take you from soup to nuts, head to toe, inside and out. What are you doing? Nutrition, movement, anything. We look at all the imbalances in your body because everybody has them. I have them. Everybody has them. And we make sure that we get all that information and data. Then we send this data to your email address we have everything scripted. And then what we do is we customize a program that specifically, right, touches you as a human being. So your goals are different from my goals is different from anybody else's goals, right? So you can't have a template, in my opinion, what concerns your health and wellness mm-hmm. that you give it to the blank. I mean, some people do and, and God bless them. But for us, we are more of the customizable approach. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day too, as well, anytime you see me, no matter what, after that, whatever, what we do for you, we might do strength and conditioning, myofascial release, massage, chiropractic. We might deliver meals to your home, 20 to 30 a you know, at a pop per week, my, uh, pre and post workout drinks, all natural. We might do a variety of different things, but at the end of the day, every time I see you, we're going to ask you a few questions. How are you mentally? Right. Mm-hmm. How are you doing? Right. I don't need to know the details, but I need to know how you're doing because if you're angry and you want to hurt and you want to get some frustration out and I have a beautiful yoga session for you today, you might not be the best. You're right. I might not be giving 150 out of you. So at the end of the day, the question is, is how can we meet you? Where are you mentally, spiritually, and physically? And then judging on that, we, I have a plan, but, but the value in my programming is, is that I can alter the plan. You're, you, you, you're going to get that workout, but you might not get it today because it doesn't suit you today. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where the value that I think lies. Well, this being a, a, a health fanatic uh, or nerd that I like to call myself. So it almost sounds like it, when you encountered that person it was just like a really off day. Like this got a lot of pent up rage. I mean, so it sounds like you would change the workout on a, on a flying goal. All right, let's, let's get something a little intense. Is that, is that what it sounds like? Yeah. It just depends on the, the on the actual 
human that we're talking to, right? Mm. So specifically, if I know that you're, when you come in and you are literally on red, right? Mm. That for you, a boxing workout is going to suit you specifically because you want to literally punch something, Mm. right? So I'm going to therapeutically allow you to do a boxing session, a hit workout where you sweat and you get all that energy out of you. So you're not focused on anything else other than what your next breath that some people like that other people, they need that space to open. Right. So they might not, um, how do you say, be very responsive to the boxing, Mm -hmm. but what we might do is this, and this has happened multiple times, by the way, they think they're going to work out and then I have them on their back. I have my hands cradling their, their head right? While they're laying down, I put three or four blankets over top of them. So the weight comes down. So they feel cocooned. And then for an hour and a half to nine, at least 90 minutes or more, we will literally just do breath work. So they think they're going to work out, but at that time, what they really needed is a massive de-stress. And they didn't realize that the breathing alone with marrying the parasympathetic and sympathetic systems can not only reduce stress, but relieve a lot of that mental tension, right? Mm -hmm. That they can be that much better. You think, oh, well, they didn't work out. They didn't sweat. But are they being applied value for that particular person? Mm -hmm. That's the thing. You might not like that, but maybe they might. So judging on the person, that's what we'll do. So you would diagnose not just uh, the instance of their current state of mind, but also just kind of their personality. So it's the, the kind of the stereotype when we people imagine a personal physical trainer is they just go in with a workout and they just hammer them into the gym. You're the first one I'm hearing about having some kind of breath work also incorporated into this. Yes. The, the thing about it is when you come in and say, for example, we're here in Atlanta, right? So you come in, you're on 285. You've been there for about 45 hours. I mean, 40, 45 minutes. You come in and you're like, hey, how are you doing? I'm fine. Everything's fine. And then you look at me. I'm like, oh my, maybe everything's not fine. So my my job is I want you to listen to me and I, and I, want, you, I want to for you to surpass your goals and I want to do it in a safe way without you being injured. Correct. Mm-hmm. I want you to do what you love to do for a long, as long as you would like to do that without injury. Since that's the case, I need you to hear me. And if that's the case, then I need you to slow down the thought process. So you're able to hear me. Mm-hmm. So I'll do breath work within the first two or three minutes. That might be the warm up today uh-huh. because at the end of the day, now everything slows down. Now we inhale for four, we hold for seven, we exhale for eight. We do that five times. Now everything slows down. And now when I'm talking to you, you're super dialed in. Mm-hmm. Then I still might give you a phenomenal workout. I mean, workout, obviously you might sweat or not, or may, or may, or maybe not. And then what we'll do is we'll stretch you out and then we'll finish with some nice, beautiful breath work too. What do you always remember? You always remember the finish, the tail end. You might say hello in the beginning, but you forget the middle. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, Thomas really gave me a phenomenal workout and kicked my butt today, but I totally forgot it because I feel so good going to my car. Mm-hmm. And that is for me, the secret sauce. So then kind of share with us that since we're kind of go heading into holiday and we're talking about stress or, or just as a, a former guest, uh, Julie talking about family dynamics or going in thinking, I mean, really is the Thanksgiving dinner perfectly executed is always got to be one thing that goes wrong. So for those that are listening, okay, this is the first time one hearing my breath work two hearing about someone that's 
uh, into health and, and fitness to talk about something else beyond just moving weights around? What is something that can help them at least now as they're listening in to either A, relieve some of that stress or two, stay focused on their fitness goals? Because, well, one, food, holidays, that, that more or less, that's the time when people kind of fall off the wagon. So what would be your uh, words of wisdom? Yeah, I mean, my thing is, is always try to move as much as you can. And then you can orchestrate that with your family. So for example, can we walk with our family members since they're going to be in town, potentially you're away, right? With your family, instead of sitting on the couch, right? And watching TV and football, can we do 15 minutes of walking down the street with them and talking and getting, and then reconnecting and catching up? Mm -hmm. Right. Can we also maybe do an actual kind of little baby workout with movement wise, a little yoga, a little breath work or whatever with your family? Right. Can you do that? Is that is that even possible? Mm -hmm. Um, Also, too, five minutes before you have lunch or five minutes before you have dinner. Can you have a walk or five minutes after dinner? Can you actually go for a walk? Sometimes you want to go with your family. But guess what? Maybe you want to go by yourself. Right. Maybe you want to decompress. So then when you come back in, you're that much better for you, but more importantly, your family around you because you've de-stressed. Right. Also, too. And this is my big thing. Service work. Mm -hmm. Service work. If you start seeing your family and it's just getting tension and what have you, and you don't know what to do and you can't leave and can't go for a walk and you can't get away and blah, 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 pitch in. I always in the kitchen. I'm always washing dishes. I'm always cleaning forks. Guess what you're doing? You're giving back and you're not thinking about you. And I don't, if, the more I don't think about me and I think about others, the better I am. My head alone is a very scary place to be bad neighborhood to go alone. Mm-hmm. I always bring others. So therefore, can we look to serve others and take right some of that stress off of you? I think combining with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then lastly, if you have any children or any kids, because when you're in family, kids are phenomenal. They are just a beautiful human beings that you can sit down and instead of maybe talking with some adults, sit with the kids I do that all the time and it's just, I color with them. I play with them and it's just this unbridled, amazing energy of just possibility and dreams when I see them. So these are some things that you might be able to do um, fitness wise, as well as service work wise to reduce some of that stress. Breathing is going to help too, if you can. And anytime you can get some breath in, there's amazing apps out there mm-hmm. that you can do it. You can code to my website as well and you can get some, some, some breath work uh, opportunities. Um, I think you'd be that much better off for the community and as well, right? For your family and as yeah. well for yourself. Well, great. Thank you for sharing. You're definitely dropping quite a bit of gems today. So for those who want a, a piece of sharing that bit of love and care, or someone who can understand exactly not what they want, but what they actually need at that moment, how can they best find you? Yeah, like smashwellness.com is a great way and just go to the contact and then send me um, a message and we'll set up a 15-minute discovery call. Mm -hmm. And then from there, we will talk about how we can create that health or that wellness audit and then take it from there. And I might be a great company for you, but I also have some amazing referrals and we can refer some extraordinary people to you. At the end of the day, this is not based in pride and ego. This is based in your wellness, mental, physical, spiritual, the whole nine yards, nutritional, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Instagram, 
you know, un, uh, underscore Thomas Ham underscore right now is probably a really good place for you. And then LinkedIn as well under Thomas Ham, um, H-A-M-M. You should be able to find me. Great. Well, thank you, Thomas. Thank you. All right. Moving to our next guest, we have the infamous and also very famous <laughs> Jennifer Montalonico with Insperity. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Anthony and Thomas. Wow. That was awesome. Appreciate that. Well, now you got, you got a new bar for you. So I know. Share with our guests, how did you get into the PEO business? So it's it's really interesting. So I spent um, eighteen years at, at a Fortune ten company, and you know, really always working for, with large enterprise clients, and yeah. I, I you know, dabbling a little in the small business space. And um, I decided to get out of that, right? And when I did, um, I you know, of course, started doing a little bit of, um, call it consulting for other large enterprise companies and realized, you know what, this is not what I want to do, but I don't know what I want to do when I grow up. So I reached out to a former colleague and he said the following, have you ever heard of the company Insperity? Nope. Have you ever heard of a PEO? Nope. Okay. You'd be great. And the reason that he said that, Anthony, is because I just love people and talking to people and connecting people with other people. And that is my job every day. I get the opportunity to talk to small business owners, a lot of family-owned businesses, and talk to them about what's best for them. Thomas, you mentioned it about having a discovery call. I may not be the right person to talk to, uh, but I'm going to get you in front of someone who can so that's why I got into this business. Great. Well, share with our audience, like for those who are just hearing the term PEO for the first time, what is that? It's a great question and one that I still ask myself every day. No, I'm kidding. It is a PEO stands for Professional Employment Organization. And really what it is, is an IRS designation that allows my company as well as some other certified PEOs out in the marketplace, the opportunity to file as being employees of a company. So there's sort of a co-employment type of arrangement, meaning that while you and your company, you have complete direction and control of your company, we are able to pull together benefits such as workers' compensation, such as um, health benefits, and we're able to provide huge discounts and rates to you with that. I say huge. I probably shouldn't use that word. That might be that legalese that you need to put in there at the end. Yeah, a little edit. <laughs> there you go. So kind of share with us, uh, I mean, I guess the, the elephant in the room right now for a lot of businesses is just labor, yeah. labor shortage. And then there's yeah. uh, for a hot minute, there may be still go ongoing with LinkedIn and all the news about uh, the great resignation. Yeah. Share with us what's going on and how can employers keep their talent engaged or even recruit talent. Right. And uh, again, fabulous question. So there's two things going on right now. There's what is the great resignation. And of course, I think a lot of people saw that during COVID. And with that being said, um, some of those numbers, people kept saying, wait, why are the unemployment rates low, but yet I can't find anyone. A lot of that has to do with generational wealth. And Julie, you talked about that a little bit as far as being able to pass wealth on from one generation to the next. So there's a lot of people that just do not need to work right now Mm -hmm. due to being wealthy from familial reasons. So that's number one. Um, And the other thing is people just decided, hey, I want to open my own business, which is wonderful. I mean, look at Smash Fitness. 
um, that is one reason why you're still seeing people employed, but not necessarily at your company. What we see is employment and employee engagement. And that is something that I'm able to help with. And not me personally, by the way, but my company is able to help with. And Anthony, how we do that is helping you with getting your force, your workforce engaged and taking you as a business owner or business leader out of those day-to-day nuances and actually providing you the resources to take away some of the nickel and dime things that you're doing today and concentrate on your employees. The other thing is benefits. And I don't just mean health benefits. What I mean by that are literal benefits of, hey, you get unlimited personal time off or, hey, we're going to do a service day. Thank you for bringing that up, by the way, Thomas. We're going to give a service day to you so that you go out and really cleanse your soul, if you will, by giving back to your community. Mm-hmm. Those are things that, trust me, people on your staff want to do, but don't feel comfortable necessarily coming and asking. Um, a lot of our, our newer generation, our, our millennials and our Generation Zs, they are not as comfortable walking up to an employer and saying, hey, can we do a day of service? Mm. So that's a lot of what's happening out there. Then there's also what is called quiet quitting, which I mentioned a minute ago, Anthony. And what that is, is people are literally on their way out. But again, as I mentioned, the millennials and the Gen Zs aren't really coming up to you and saying, hey, I'm quitting. Or I'm, they don't raise the red flag, they just leave. Mm-hmm. And you know, some of us that may not be in the millennial world any longer. Um, what happens is, is that we don't see it because we're used to the old way of doing things. And so because we don't see that, that is what the term quiet quitting comes with. And that's a little bit more frightening, by the way, guys, um, than actually the great resignation. Well, I guess kind of share with us uh, for all, is it, why is that the case? Because uh, just kind of naive or busy, well, at least I have a staff. I'm not short one person or two people. Right, right. The reason, again, just goes back to some of that familiar wealth coming down. And also, uh, you're no longer seeing people that are loyal to a company. Mm-hmm. Um, people are really not afraid to spend six months at one location and go to another location. Um, and that's just not how a lot of business owners grew up. And I'm using air quotes for those of you who can't see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but no one grew up that way. A lot of these people did not grow up that way. And therefore, when you see that happen, uh, it's it's really challenging to that business owner. So it's really kind of the business owner changing the mindset. Mm-hmm. So and, adding a kind of insult to injury, so for-profit business are already hurting for staff. Mm-hmm. Now we're looking at another other side is not-for-profits. And I know you're very passionate about them. Share with us, how does Insperity help these organizations kind of navigate around this? Sure. Um, and thank you, because I do. I love nonprofits. Um, nonprofits are wonderful. And um, how we help is, interestingly enough, our mission is to help businesses succeed so communities prosper. You notice nothing in there says to give an HR staff to someone or to provide health benefits. And the reason for that is because that is where our heart is. And the way that we do that is all sorts of different ways. Um, we have community service days where we're always giving back to the community. Um, we look at our nonprofits. We have about, 
I would say about 10% of our business is nonprofit. And a lot of that is because we do give grants um, to nonprofits all of the time. It does not matter how big the nonprofit is. When um, we receive referrals, we also donate money to a nonprofit organization of choice. It's just really our way of saying thank you. You're in our community and all we want to do is help. So how can a business owner or a nonprofit that's listening in right now best reach out to you and find you and get perhaps some guidance, whether it's resignation right, or, exactly. or, or, or any, quiet quitting? Yeah, any, any of the above. Yeah. Right, right. Well, again, would love to talk to any business owner. And again, discovery call, just like Thomas mentioned, I have a really long name. So with that being said, I like to give out my phone number, which thankfully is the easiest number that you'll ever hear. And that is 404 2910000 and again it's Jennifer call me or text you know i know there's going to be some younger folks out there listening so text you know i i, I respond to those um but no Jennifer Montalanico with Insperity and Anthony and it's been an honor thank you and our next guest we have Dan Mahoney with Transcendent Sales Solutions welcome to the show hey anthony thanks for having me today great well share with our audience uh bit of a story of how did Dan and your company come about? Well, I call myself a corporate refugee because I spent about 30 years in the corporate world working for the big fortune companies like Jennifer did and mm. uh, always been in a sales and kind of marketing role. Started as an individual contributor for many years, selling enterprise sales and uh, healthcare information systems. And then I got into the management role and what I found was working for big businesses, small businesses, I found myself on the road a lot, almost too much. And I think I've logged over 3 million miles um, over a 20 plus year span. Mm -hmm. And I just got burned out. And the burnout for me was, you know what, I'm not really... I'm not really liking life. And I think one morning I woke up in a hotel and I didn't remember where I was. And I had to pick up my phone and figure out and look on my calendar where I was. And that's when I made a decision that I needed to do something different. Mm. Was it that one particular event or because I, I don't know if you're privileged to be able to share because I know a little bit about your backstory as to the straw that broke the camel's back. Or are you okay sharing that as to talking about oh, not yeah. just quiet quitting, but that, that was like full on. Yeah, right? no, I mean, for me it was, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I traveled a lot and I had a young family at the time and you know, it was, uh, it definitely affected when you have young kids and you're on the road all the time. And, uh, yeah, I had, uh, you know, it was unfortunate, but it ended a, a marriage for me at one point. It was a contributing factor for me. Mm -hmm. So no doubt. So, um, I, um, remarried, I've been, I've been married now for 12 years and, have four wonderful children. And, you know, I look at um, being an entrepreneur really gave me a second chance at my life. You know, it's, you know, I, the philosophy I take is, is uh, work hard and play hard, but you've got to, you got to live, uh, you got to work to live, but not live to work. And that's the part I had a hard time figuring out for a long time. Mm -hmm. So can I share with us, um, now kind of this new thing where they talk about fractional this and fractional that, whether it's fractional CFO or now or marketing. Now we're talking about sales. Share with those who are just kind of 
hearing about this term. What, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't really know what it meant either. And when I when I started figuring out what's next for me, I was like, you know, working for a company and helping them grow is really what I love to do, whether it's a big business or a small business. And a lot of times they 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 can't afford the you know a full time resource to actually give them the what they need because they can't afford that experience. So. Uh, fractional sales is something like many fractional HR, fractional, uh, you know, uh, CFO, you know, financial, that type of thing has really taken off. So for me, uh, it was attractive because I had the experience and it was, it, I got to work with businesses and help them look for growth strategies. So mm-hmm. well, typically kind of the, the biggest problem for most companies is it's just that growth side. How do I train or find the right salesperson? She would drive revenue up because at the end of the day, cost is an issue if you have no revenue coming in. So how does Dan bring a business owner who's just on the, in the boardroom, just racking their brains going, Dan, help me here. What, what was kind of your advice for them? Well, you know, there's a lot of different factors is, you know, that's usually one of the telltales when I talk to business owners and they say, I can't find the right salesperson. I can't keep them. And usually what it is, is, you know, they're set up for, they're not set up for success in the beginning. You know, you think about it, how much time we put in to find the right salesperson or even find the right employee for that matter. And then when they start, what do they come to? They, oh, here's, you know, a couple brochures, maybe work for somebody and sit and shadow somebody for a couple days. And then off you go, go out and produce. And, you know, typically those are what I usually call those three or four month employees that, you see a lot of silent quitting on those because they were never set up to succeed in the first place. Mm. So, you know, it's if you're going to hire somebody and bring that person into your company, want them to succeed, you have to set them up for the success. Mm. And that's what I really stress to business owners. So what you're, what you're trying to say is that if we just bring any person that fogs the mirror and then throw a book at them, they don't produce sales? What is this? <laughs> not typically, not typically. You know, and the other thing too is another is uh, that you see a lot of owners do is, oh, if we're going to, we're going to go out and hire, we'll just go out and hire somebody from our competitor and they're going to bring us this windfall of business and uh, opportunities and they're going to know everything. And I have found in my corporate career, as well as my consulting career, that doesn't work about 99.9% of the time. It, it typically doesn't work. And a lot of times is is what it is. It's the culture is mm-hmm. people don't hire for culture. They hire for performance, but you got to have the right culture in order to have that, that, that square peg fit in that, you know, square hole, so to speak, and have that right person. So it almost sounds like, uh, as opposed to just someone just coming in with a handbook or a guide of how to do sales. It sounds like you also diagnose the company's culture, whether or not it is even conducive to attract and maintain a proper salesperson or sales force. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it's really to help them build, you know, in order to have a successful growing company and, you know, how do you have a successful growing company is you have to have new business acquisition, Many companies live on those existing business and that's what they keep feeding themselves off. So mm-hmm. you have to have the right foundation in order to grow your business and you have to have the right, of course, strategy. And around that strategy, you have to have the right people. You have to have the right processes and you have to have the right systems. Once we have those key foundational pieces, like if we we're building a house, then you're able to really implement that strategy and, you know, build a growth strategy. Mm-hmm. So for a business owner who's already kind of 
there's a fire going in the background and they're bringing you in to, to fix things. What are kind of the top three things you immediately look at in terms of diagnosing what their actual problem is? Yeah. So, you know, the discovery process usually takes for me, I usually spend about 30 days and I always go in and say, look, if I see something that's not broke, I'm not going to go and try to fix it. Uh, I don't feel that that's a need to do that. But the number, I look at really a couple things. I look at their people and I always look at their people and see like, Hey, do they have the, are the people that are, uh, the people on the bus are in the right seats on the bus. You know, are they set up to succeed? Are do they have the right metrics and like KPIs to succeed? Do they know what success looks like? I see a lot of times where you have business owners who have a definition of what success looks like, and then you have the the people that work for them that have a definition of it, and it's totally different. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing I focus on people. I focus on process. Do they have a repeatable sales process? that they can put in place that from the time a lead comes in till the time it closes, it's consistent and it's able to be followed and repeatable. A lot of times they don't have that. It's we get a lead and you know, we're, we're just go and we try to get it closed. And when it doesn't close, sometimes we scratch our head and say, oh, I don't know why it didn't close. Cause they didn't follow all the steps in order to get to that close. That's the second thing. And then third, you know, I think that they, they invest in a lot of technology you know, CRM, you heard of customer relationship management system, CRM. Mm. It's CRM is a tool that can really be a productivity tool for a sales team. And a lot of time it's used as a, uh, it's really set up as a database to just track leads and track contacts. And it's not really used as a productivity tool. So those are some of the areas that I really look at um, to try to diagnose where the problems might lie. Wait, so you're telling me all these like fancy tech software and, and apps here that doesn't just automatically drive sales? What is this? <laughs> well, I mean, they can. And, you know, sometimes we get so we get so much into technology. It's like I, I've gone into like small companies and like, wow, you've got a pretty nice laundry list of technology and systems and everything. But what's it really doing for you? I mean, when you get a lead in and it comes in and what is your conversion rate to turn them into a customer and if you don't have the right process in place, I don't care what systems you have, it's not going to really make a difference. Mm-hmm. Well, then kind of share with us a, a bit of a success story or one or two companies you've worked with where they're kind of just on the fritz and after making some big changes, they finally make that leap and start growing again. Yeah. Well, yeah, I have, a, I have several. Uh, you know, I work with a lot of businesses that are in some form of an exit. So you have that business owner who wants to build value for their company. When they do an evaluate valuation, mm. it's not worth as much as they think it is. And they have to have that period where they grow that value and separate that business owner from the actual sales part of it. Cause they are the CEO, the owner, uh, the salesperson, the sales manager. So one working with in particularly that uh, they've been going through an exit for a couple of years or in that process to kind of build that value and really putting in and coming in and really looking at their sales force and putting in the right sales process. We've helped them do that. They're starting, you know, it's a very long sales cycle. So we're, we're in that revenue growth. We're in that, uh, we built the pipeline. Now we're in that closing stage so they can get to that 12 month recurring revenue that they need to get the valuation they're look at. That's one I've been working with for several years. I had one um, that was a manufacturer that was a family run on their third generation uh, business. They've been in business for over 50 years and 
they hadn't seen growth for over six years. They were flat, Mm -hmm. just flat revenue. And I was able to come in, look at their business acquisition process and put together a good strategy, uh, take the salespeople they had and help them hire as well Mm -hmm. to find, you know, to, to, to follow the strategy we put in place. They showed year one growth. The first year they showed 5%. The second year, um, after I left, sometimes you don't see the results after I leave. Mm-hmm. They were like 25% growth. So, you know, there, that was another success story. Yeah. Really? Well, didn't kind of, speaking of stories, share it with, with something that you may have already accomplished that you're most proud of. You know, for me, it's really my family and, you know, I'm very family oriented and, uh, I do it all for them. Um, I have four, um, I have four children, as I mentioned, my wife and, and my wife, Michelle is a nurse and she works in an ER. So, uh, and I have a daughter, uh, who works in the ER as well. So there I put them in the first responder, uh, category. And then I have, um, I have a daughter who is actually just starting a physical therapy program. So she mm-hmm. wants to do and get in the footsteps of that. And then, um, I have, um, a son-in-law and a son that are in the military, and they um, they serve in uh, Army Reserves and the Marines. Um, so, you know, giving back to their country. And my last, uh, my, my youngest is in high school and he has a, he wants to get into the Naval Academy and try to become an officer. So, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, I'm really proud because they've picked professions. They have the more hardest professions and the more interesting profession than I do. They're giving back in a lot of different ways as far as helping people and serving their countries and, and they want to serve their country. So that's really a, a pride of mine. Well, great. Thank you, Dan, for sharing. And thank you for your kids and serving. And it sounds like you, they've got you covered on protection and your health. Oh, yes. And then, and on top of it, and Jennifer will always say, I never miss an opportunity to talk about it. I'm a grandfather too. So I have a, I have a grandson and I have another one on the way. So I'm a grandfather as well. Oh, so, well, how's that? You know, it's, it's, it's fun. And you know what they say about being a grandfather is once you can, you have them and they come over and they play and then you say, okay, we'll see you next time. So we've done a couple overnights over the past few months. So it's mm-hmm. uh, remind me what it was like to have younger kids. So. Well, thank you for sharing Dan. So for our listeners that wants to have someone kind of really fix and whether there's just stalling mm-hmm. in the revenue or running into a problem with not being able to find a right sales or maybe don't even have a right program to set their sales force uh, for success. How can they best reach out and find you? Yeah. So the best way to do it is you could call me and my number is 404-271-6767 or you can reach out to the website and my website is transcendentsales.com or another way to get to it is uh, outsourcesalesvp.com will take you to my website. So there's a couple ways to get there. Great. And would love to have a conversation with anybody that needs some help. Great. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Anthony. So for a kind of a circle around question for our guests to kind of bring back at the end of the show based on everyone's themes all around giving, uh, being able to provide some kind of consultative service, and also looking at really the big picture. It's at the end of the day, it's not just the dollars and cents, but also the emotional, the, the spiritual and, and the mental health of all things. So I know it's kind of a really big overarching question, but to bring our guests back in, uh, question-wise, what advice would you give to new business owners right now that are just kind of on the cusp right now, just having running into challenges and starting to doubt themselves? 
and things that you've already gone through and say, you know what, this storm too shall pass because kind of addressing the elephant in the room, the, as you're listening to this episode, we are in November of 2022. There's a lot of bit of a economic storm coming along the way. But for our veterans here, this is definitely not your first rodeo. So what words of advice and wisdom would you impart on our new business owners where this is their very first storm that they're going through? So this is kind of the legalese portion of the show. This show is sponsored and brought to yours truly, Anthony Chen with Lighthouse Financial Network. Securities and advisory services offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., RAA, member FINRA SIPC. RAA is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent of RAA. Our main office address is 575 Broad Hollow Road in Melville, New York, 11747. You can best reach me at my phone here at 631-465-9090. My extension is 5075 or uh, best connect me either on LinkedIn, uh, just my full name, Anthony Chen, or my email, which is also my full name, Anthony Chen, last name is spelled C-H-E-N at LFNLLC.com. So again, the question is, with the coming uh, economic storm for the new business owners out there where this is kind of their first running into a storm like this, and the question for our guests here is, this is definitely not your first rodeo. What words of wisdom would you impart for our new business owners where they're just kind of going through this for the very first time? Julie? I think I would um, look back, you know, on my own learning curve and um, probably the, the the big thing for me when I when I was going through the process of growing and building and starting companies was that I just really didn't have good advisory. Okay. I did not have a mentor. Um, there were, you know, no one that I knew of that was actually a good business consultant that could help me with planning and implementation and staying focused and staying motivated. And so I think that that would have been having somebody like that would have been a game changer for me. And I'm, I'm sure of it. Because I know that um, with the work that I do and have been doing for a long time, I'm a game changer for my clients, which is why I kind of got into it in the first place, right? When I help help people not make the same same mistakes that I made. So, so I'd say foundationally, just have really good advisory. Make sure that that person is a fit. Um, I think that when we talk about fit, you know, someone was talking about culture and hiring salespeople. I believe it was Dan talking about. You know, bringing salespeople in that have a book of business is fine and dandy, but if they don't match the culture, they're not going to be a good fit and they're going to end up costing money and, and maybe even, you know, you might even lose some of your other players because maybe they don't get along. I've seen that happen. And so I think um, it, it's the same holds to be true for the advisors that you hire. They need to have um, a philosophy match, a values match. Um, they need to understand, you know, what it is that you do for a living and that they have your back. So, so that would be first. And then I think um, it's very easy to want to throw in the towel when things aren't going very well. Even having good advisors, we can second guess ourselves. And, and I don't know if that ever goes away. Maybe it, it wanes, you know, as you get older and, you know, you've, you've proven yourself and seen that you've been able to do it in the past. So looking into the future isn't as scary as it is when you first get started. 
But I think that foundationally having belief in yourself and your capabilities is huge. I think that a lack of confidence is um, a dream stealer for a lot of people. Um, And I think that many great companies could have really made some impact in the world if they would have started out properly. And so um, lastly, I think that it's important to have a plan and and focus on what the plan is. What's the plan? What do you what do you really want to accomplish? What do you want out of your business? Is this going to be a lifestyle business that's just going to support you and maintain your lifestyle? And at the end of the day, and you're done working, you're just going to shut it down, which is the vast majority of the businesses out there. Ninety some percent of them are in that category. Or do you want to grow this thing beyond what you're able to do by yourself? If that's the case, then that's going to impact the decisions you make up front for uh, where you're going in the future. So that would be my advice. Thank you. Thomas. What I would say is, is if you're hearing me right now, that means you're six feet above ground. You have an opportunity. There's some people today don't have that opportunity Mm -hmm. and you do. So if you're hearing me, I, the one thing that I would say is if you're in business and you are seeing some trials and tribulations or a storm coming towards you, take it one step at a time, one day at a time. The problem is, is that what we call is, is future tripping, right? It hasn't gotten here yet, AKA anxiety. And then in the day is, is I'm not there yet. Break it down in bite-sized pieces. And no matter what, I take quitting off the table. There is no quit. There's a lot of people a lot smarter than me, faster than me. There's a lot of people that are way wittier, way more intelligent, and way better looking. But at the end of the day, my personal mm. right superpower is is I will not quit. No matter what, I will not quit. I might pivot. I might take two steps back and go a different direction, mm. but I will never quit. And that's a thought process, especially in business, that has got me for me. And what I've seen is the people who are the grittiest businesses and the grittiest people usually thrive in adverse conditions, right? So I might not be necessarily, the question is, is how do you treat people when you don't have to be nice to them? How do you treat people when you don't have money in your pocket, you're not feeling well, you don't have a job, and you're not really healthy? At the end of the day, I can tell a lot about a person, Right? A lot when things aren't going their way. How do you react? Do you look me in the eye or do you look down? Right? Do you look me straight and be honest and shake my hand and look me dead in the eye? And or do you not? And are you shifty? Right? Do you get really short and and, and curt at, at at conversations? There's a variety of different thought processes. So what I would say is is lead with love, take it in bite-sized pieces, and no matter what. Always keep taking one step at a time, no matter how fast it might be. Well, thank you. I might have to steal that uh, phrase, future tripping. And, and, and lead with love. I, I love that. And for our listeners, you don't, you don't see Thomas right now, but he's probably underneath the most jacked guy. In the show. <laughs> he he's really the, is. The most cut and shredded yeah, guy. He, don't, so yeah. don't, don't, don't let his audio voice fool you. But moving on to Jennifer. So um, a few things. Uh, first thing, don't do it all yourself right? Um, it's okay. It's okay to fail. Just fail fast, right? Uh, just because you're the best salesperson in the world doesn't make you the best business owner, but that's okay because you can hire people, you know, and Julie, you mentioned that. Speaking of that, surround yourself with people smarter than you, 
right? I mean, I don't have a problem with that, obviously. Um, I mean, look at this room, but um, no, in, in all seriousness, people, everybody has unique skill set and everybody has unique talents. Make sure that the people that you surround yourself with, especially in business, are going to compliment you, right? But also challenge you a little bit. Because I think you mentioned it, Thomas, you know, when you're at, when you're seeing some of that adversity, that is when you truly know. The other thing is don't hire somebody for skill. I shouldn't say, I mean, of course, if it's a skilled position, you need, you need the skill, but hire for work ethic because I can teach anyone how to fish, but I can't necessarily teach them how to go out and fish. Note, um, that was for my brother-in-law. I do not know how to fish, but he does. Um, Seriously, I, uh, you know, Dan and I are good salespeople, but that doesn't mean that we are good at other things. Okay. You, you can cook. I'm not a great cook, Thomas. So there's that. Uh, those are, those are the, the biggest things I would tell anybody right now that thinks, Hey, I want to give up for this business. Don't give up. Thank you. And Dan closing us out. How do I follow that? I mean, I've changed my answer about eight times with Julie and Thomas and Jennifer. So, um, you know, for me, I'll keep it real simple is I call it the definition of insanity is keep doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. And I think business owners get in that rut. And my advice is, is if you see something's not working, then you know, again, if you're surrounding yourself with the right people, get the advice, but don't be afraid to change things up and try a little bit there. It doesn't mean you have to change 180 degree direction and to start all over again, but don't be afraid as you're going along to, you know, to do the little bit of tweaks along the way and tweak things up. If things aren't working, you know, with, you know, we've all, we've all seen, we watch the news, uh, you know, economic times are tough right now. And again, I'm not the financial guy, but one thing that, uh, you're the financial guy, but one thing I'm sure you tell your clients all the time is cash is king. And, you know, now's the time to definitely watch the cash side of it as well. So, but my, my main theme is, is just don't be afraid to, to do something different and don't be afraid to change it up when things aren't working the way you want them to go. Great. Thank you, Dan. So kind of closing out show uh, for one more from all our guests, those that are listening in, how can you best each find yourselves? Julie, how can I guess find you? Well, I would go to poisedforexit.com. I think that's probably the best way for people to um, kind of take a look at some of the things that I do and what I offer as well as, as reach me. So I go to poisedforexit.com. Thank you. Thomas. Thank you. The best way to reach me is um, go to my website at smashwellness.com and then please just contact me and send me an email and or find me at atlantafitnesschef at gmail.com and you can send that as well. Great. Thank you. Jennifer. That's a great email address, by the way. Um, I can be reached at 404-291-0000. And then? Uh, www.transcendentsales.com or dan at transcendentsales.com. Thank you. Now, for the last bit of the show, it's just uh, what we'll call Anthony's financial take. Uh, you've all kind of heard from here uh, words of wisdom in terms of staying the course or 
when you run into what they would call definition of insanity, when sometimes staying the course is not really the course you want to continue. So on the financial side of things, addressing the elephant is if something's not working out, well, one, get off the tracks. If it's going off the cliff, you don't have to go off a cliff. And two, find the right train conductor to take you on a better and proper path. I know I just came up with that. Everyone's giving me that look right now. So I'm going to run with that. So final uh, take for the day, find the right conductor to get you on the right track. And that's it. Thank you for listening to the show. This is Family Business Radio.